doesn't go like this. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> little people. Sure. <laughs> Rainbow. What's up, peeps? We're on the Genesis 9 today. Genesis 9 kick. Yeah. And I think real quick before we dig into this, you know, Covenant. Hmm. When you see Covenant in the Bible, what, do you, what, what should you be thinking? Promise. So God makes a lot of promises in the Bible, and they're called covenants. And so whenever you see that, just make a mental note. Hey, I need to think about, like, this is a promise here. This is a covenant that God's going to keep. Yeah, a covenant or a promise. Also, maybe a new, new rules, new, a new structure of some kind. I feel like as well, a covenant as we're going to come to see, and uh, as we work, continue to work through the Bible. Yeah, Genesis nine, mm-hmm. covenant of the rainbow, and God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, "Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth." The fear of you and the terror of you will be on every beast of the earth and on every bird of the sky. With everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea into your hand, they are given. Every moving thing that is alive shall be food for you. I give all to you as I gave the green plant. Only you shall not eat flesh with its life. That is, its blood. Surely I will require your lifeblood. From every beast I will require, require it. And from every man, from every man's brother, I, requ- I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood by man, his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made man. As for you, be fruitful and multiply, populate the earth abundantly, and multiply it. What are your thoughts on this section? Yeah, definitely an interesting section. We're going back to us bringing up the, the Noahic Covenant in the past couple of chapters. I believe this is where God makes it very clear. I believe one of the biggest things the, the Noahic Covenant, I guess, is, if you want to call it capital punishment, this idea of sanctity of life and i mean just because god so god flooded the whole earth because of the evilness of man but god still wanted noah and the family and all the generations after to know that's it wasn't just it was because the wickedness and the violence right and that it happened Mm. but that but that human life was precious and so why is it why does it say it's precious because we were made in the image of god yeah no so and I mean, like I said, this is where, I mean, it's God is the one who gave us capital punishment. So, you know, and this is just a very, I mean, that's how serious murdering someone is. Right. You know, God is totally against that. So. And I think God makes that clear in Genesis, Genesis 3, I believe it is, when Cain kills Abel. Genesis 4, I believe, yeah. Genesis 4, Cain kills Abel, mm-hmm. and God definitely is not. Not a fan of that. So I would agree. You, I think there's a very big transition here. Yeah. Before man 
was eating plants and plant yep. life. However, now God allows man to eat both animals and plants. Every right. moving thing, every moving thing that is alive shall be food for you. I give yep. all to you as I gave the green plant. So, yeah. Yeah, there's some switching up, some changing going on here in these verses. Right. Nothing seems interesting here. Only you shall not eat flesh with its life. That is its blood. So I actually think this is a good opportunity for me to uh, do a little sharpening, sharpening the iron sharpening iron um mr rare steak eater over here do you think this applies to uh rare steak eaters no i don't um so here's <laughs> you the thing you yeah it. yeah no i would so here's the thing i mean we see i mean i guess i see this kind of as attached or well, not attached but kind of some pre some pre notions preconceived notions to the mosaic covenant and so in the mosaic covenant they had a lot of things they were not allowed to eat but if you remember in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, it was kind of like they were given this freedom to eat whatever. You know what I'm saying? God, it was kind of like, and, and Paul went on to talk about this in, in multiple books about we're not under, no longer under the law, the Mosaic law. Like, so when Paul says the law in, um, in the New Testament, he's talking about the Mosaic law all, all the times that I remember. Right. And so we're no longer under the law. So... So this um, is part of the law. You 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 would you would establish this section as well, part of the mosaic no, law. No, because he hasn't given the mosaic law. But what I what I've heard scholars say is that there's like there is God's giving safety things here. Or God's giving more I mean that doesn't sound like a safety thing, sounds like a moral thing. So for whatever reason, right? So but I mean the, this the, there are echoes of this in the mosaic law. Right there's a lot of things you weren't allowed to eat in the Mosaic Law, mm -hmm. and this and this overlaps. But in the New Testament, it's just diet was Paul argued with people like your dietary stuff can't save you or compromise your salvation, and that's not it's it's about a new law of grace in Christ. So yeah, th those are my perspectives. I, you know, so when you see covenant, think a promise made by God and guess what God doesn't break his promises so you can be confident that it's going to happen now when you say the Noahic covenant this is specifically talking about the promise that God is making to Noah essentially and now this this promise is applies to all humanity but the context is with Noah and so when you hear Noahic covenant there's some other covenants you're going to hear Abrahamic covenant is one that you're going to hear. What other covenants are there? Yeah, so the uh, Abrahamic covenant, Mosaic covenant, Davidic covenant, and then I would just say the, the the new covenant. Yeah, so those are those are kind of a list. You can keep your eyes on those, and they're important because any any promise that God makes, something we should pay attention to. With regards to Mosaic Law, you were talking about the food that is restricted and then permitted here in the Noahic Covenant. 
or this noahic passage right here you see there's a restriction and then there's a permission of food in a similar way with the mosaic law there's more food restrictions that are coming up and so that's really what your reference is is right now this is one food restriction this food restriction is that you can't eat flesh with its life that is the blood and so yes there's a permission now you can eat every moving creature on the on the earth however you need to cook it thoroughly you know you can't be eating it raw and, which makes sense right because i think we know at this point that when you eat things raw they give you horrible disease that's why i'm a good a good person <laughs> who follows the bible <laughs> And don't eat food with its lifeblood in it, but you know that's just me because I don't want any parasites or whatever. But don't eat rare steaks. Get them, get them, get them at least medium, <laughs> medium well. Would be my dietary recommendation. <laughs> and then just don't enjoy them. <laughs> so uh, I was curious what your thoughts are. Verse five: Surely I will require your lifeblood from every beast. I will require it. And from every man's brother, I require the life of man. What is it talking about there? Verse 5. That is a good question. Possibly, I think what's, what it is, is that I think this could go into the Mosaic Law as well. So surely I require your lifeblood from every beast. So like if an animal kills you, so like in the Mosaic Law, if your ox gores your neighbor, like you, you kill that ox. Right. Right. So there's this idea that human life, like there, if you kill a person, like your penalty is death. And that's for, goes for humans and animals is what it appears to me. Mm. And I mean, once again, this overlaps when the Mosaic law, when it talks about you would kill your, you would kill the animal that killed the person. Right. This verse five is confusing. Is it not? You're right. Sorry, it would be more confusing. It is confusing. But the I verses feel like, afterwards, you think the context makes it clear? Yeah, because of the Mosaic Law. Surely I will require... Well, let me just see what it says. So surely I will require your lifeblood. So your lifeblood. So your life from every beast, I will require it. Okay? Right? So like, if, you, if we don't understand that, let's look, look in the next part. And from every man, from every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Whoever shed, so I believe that verse six and seven, or verse six, reveals what verse five is talking about. So obviously, it says in verse six, if you kill someone, you should be killed. And so that's what I feel like he's kind of he's leading up to in verse five. You're saying, in light of the Mosaic covenant, this of the Mosaic law, this makes yes, it, because the Mosaic covenant actually says, if your ox gores someone, kill that ox right like if, if you have an animal if you have a one of your animals that's your possession i mean I, yeah just and it kills someone you need to kill that animal what about what about the second part of this and from every man from every man's brother i will require the life of a man i'm wondering why if he, man and man's brother well i mean i'm wondering right now if i mean I, i'm wondering if brother is almost synonymous with like neighbor Right, like, because there's this 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 fellowship among man, right? I mean, there's this idea that we are fellow family members in a sense, right? Like, I mean, we 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 all came now. All, everyone who's here came from Noah's family, right? Mm -hmm. So, I'm wondering if that's 
the the way it's being used. Yeah. Here's the thing. So yes, verse five is a little cryptic, and I feel like that's where verse six just clarifies what it is that it's being said. Yeah. Let's keep going. Okay. All right. You want to read verse eight? Let's do it, yo. Then God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, Now behold, I myself do establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you. Of all that comes out of the ark, even every beast of the earth, I establish my covenant with you, and all flesh shall never again be cut off by the water of the flood. Neither shall there again be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant which I am making between me and you and every living creature that is with you. For all successive generations, I set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. It shall come about when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow will be seen in the cloud and I'll remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And never again shall the water become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the cloud, then I will look upon it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. So I think another aspect of the Noahic covenant is that God would never flood the entire world again. Mm. So. I would agree. It says here, And never again shall the water become a flood to destroy all flesh. So previously you mentioned this whole idea of young earth and old earth. You know, obviously there's been plenty of floods that have destroyed, you know, pockets of the of the earth, you know, yeah. which people were killed. And so you could potentially say that this would be a affirmative statement it, for a young earth it perspective. Had, yeah, because it had to be a universal flood. Yeah, so the idea is that the old earthers say that you should be able to measure, you're going to have some level of a constant, you, you should be able to measure some rock that has been untainted from, from the beginning, right? And so when you have a worldwide flood, like water disrupts the dating of, of rocks and, and water disrupt. Well, I mean, a lot of things do. Water, volcanoes, there's different disruptions to dating. So if you say that the whole, wor the whole world was underwater, then it would disrupt the dating. And so that would kind of ruin their view, from my understanding. Right. So God makes a covenant with Noah and his sons. And that covenant is not only with his sons, but with every living creature that is with you. Mm -hmm. And the covenant is all flesh shall never again be cut off by the water of the flood neither shall there again be a flood to destroy the earth. And then God creates a sign of this covenant. This is the sign of the covenant which I am making between you and every clinching falsehood. I set my bow in the cloud. Bow? What, what is that? That's the rainbow. Ah, okay. 
so yeah so the idea is that you know when we see the rainbow like a lot of times you see a rainbow after it's rained somewhere and so it's just kind of a reminder that yeah it rained a lot or it rained however much it did but remember that god isn't going to flood the earth you know interestingly usually when i see a rainbow i don't see the whole thing but one time i was hanging out in new mexico and i saw two i saw double rainbows you saw two the rainbows full, two rainbows the full spectrum of the rainbow though really yep i saw it was awesome i saw a triple rainbow once really online. do you have a picture of it online oh that's dumb <laughs> you can't no i saw two rainbows with my own eyes yeah double in rainbow. person god god was really trying to share something with you that day yeah i don't know what it was but I, it was i took a picture i was excited i was it was he wanted you to really not forget the promise times two exactly yeah so anytime you see the rainbow, you can remember the covenant, the Noahic covenant, that God's never going to flood the earth again. Now, what is also fascinating, hadn't it not rained up until this point? That is correct, sir. <laughs> is, that, is, that a, is that something we know for sure? Well, remember, like, I, thought, I thought in Genesis 2, it said that there was a mist that came up from the ground. It appears that God watered the earth with a mist that came up from the ground. Remember when you kept saying mist? Remember on that one, on that episode? <laughs> I, I don't remember that. Yeah, <laughs> that I never happened. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me that it never rained up to this point. So it makes sense, right? If it never rained, then it's like, are you, uh, you know. The question, maybe God could have changed something, some some part of the light in order to create a rainbow. Or if it never rained, maybe just no rainbows really ever were produced. So, well, just to wrap this paragraph up, using a flood ever again on the earth. And then he creates a sign showing a sign. He creates a sign showing a sign. <laughs> and that sign is the rainbow. That's a cool looking sign. That's all right, verse 18. Now the sons of Noah who came out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah. And from these the whole earth was populated. Then Noah began farming and planted a vineyard. He drank of the wine and became drunk and uncovered himself inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were turned away so that they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine, he knew what his youngest son had done to him. So he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants. He shall be to his brothers. He also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth, and let him dwell in the tents 
of Shem and let Canaan be his servant. Noah lived 350 years after the flood, so all the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. Lots some, to unpack there. Yes, there is. I guess after reading on this about like what what does his father's nakedness, what does all that mean? You know, scholars aren't sure and they have different differing views. But either way, we see here, it talks about Ham, who's the person involved with this. And so Ham's son, Canaan, this is actually where the, where the Canaanites come from. Yeah, I think this is very fascinating because Noah starts farming, plants a vineyard. Noah gets drunk and is uncovered inside his tent. So is naked. Ham, his son, saw his father naked and then went outside. Probably. Wait, what? Probably. Like, okay, so what Wait, is it? Ham, mean? the father, saw the nakedness of his father. Right, oh. There's different views. So you're, there's saying, different... you're saying he might not have been. I mean, it says uncovered, though. Uncovered himself. No, I know. I mean, here's the thing. He, what I think happened is I think he saw his father naked and then went and told his brothers. So, like, he, he didn't – he wasn't honor in that culture. He wasn't honoring his father properly, right? He went and told his brothers all this kind of stuff. And what would, um, been, I, what would have been the appropriate response? Maybe if you saw your father in kind of a humiliating situation, what do you think would be the, the appropriate response? would be to not tell anyone and to help him, right? Because we see that Shemit and Japheth took the garment and they walked backwards and just covered him. But like Ham went and like told everybody, right? But uh, well, once again, I don't know what it means. There are some really spicy interpretations of what my father's nakedness, what that could mean. And so I don't know, man. Why? My question would be why automatically jump to the conclusion of a extremely spicy interpretation? Because interpreting this from another language, and it's like there, it sounds like that. From my understanding, that this is a euphemism of some kind, maybe. So for us, nakedness, you know, if I saw Henry's nakedness, that means I just saw him naked, right? That doesn't. That's not a euphemism for anything. This is because potentially a euphemism for something. This means something else potentially. So I don't it, – it's it's difficult. I guess all the reading I've done on this, man, I just want to be careful to say that I I am not sure what happened in this verse. Either way, we, we see a couple things. Unfortunately, see Noah, even though he was a righteous man, he sinned here, right? He, he got drunk. He got He got drunk, and then that led to other things. And then we see Ham not handling the situation like he should have, which whatever that means, he didn't. it appears that he did not honor his father. I think that's what we can say. He did not honor his father correctly. So we see two sins here. But what, so what research have you, I mean, like, what other verses, like, I get this could be a euphemism or whatever. Based on what, though? I mean, I, it's but, like, but based on the original language and culture. Which is so hard to determine. Okay, so basically, you're saying that there might have been a homosexual act here. Is that what we're really getting at? That that that's one of the interpretations that Ham could have done a homosexual act toward his father, or he could have even had a sexual 
some sort of sexual activity with his mother. There, there's this wide range of who knows. And so... Got it. You know, yeah. I definitely like our, you know, I like I like knowing the, the, the realm of possibility. For me, obviously, I need more information to... Yeah, I mean... In terms I, of all the supporting evidence, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, the only supporting evidence here, so like this is the, such a, a short. And then the the original Hebrew is what you're saying, right? So the the, the scholars, this, but it's not it's not solidified. This isn't like a no. solidified thing. It's just correct. Well, I mean, it's such a short cryptic verse. It's like we can understand some elements of early early ancient culture. I remember that that we're writing about some. I mean, that this, if I'm remembering correctly, this happened in 3000 BC. Right, so we're writing about something that happened five thousand years ago, right? And and before before they were supposedly before there were recorded written writings, right? Because th th this event occurred in three thousand around three thousand BC, from my memory, but Moses didn't write it down till fourteen forty six, right? So we're trying to like understand cultures that far back super clearly, and so obviously we do understand a lot of the original language we do understand like because they also captured the old testament in greek right and, and so we we have that we we have the the hebrew still preserved so we so while we do have access to those things understanding the original culture and all the idiosyncrasies of every culture right is is so is difficult right it is difficult Basically, you're saying this is all analogy. Well, no, I mean, remember, like, 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 we use euphemisms today, and then if someone wasn't familiar with our culture, they wouldn't understand the euphemism at all, right? Like, they, like, it sounds but it, well, like. But something... it says that Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it upon their shoulders, and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father, and their faces were faces were turned away so that they not see their father's naked. You think all that's a a, a euphemism? No, no, no the, 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 that's not a euphemism. I mean, uh, I mean, the mother could have been laying there naked. I mean, I don't know, like, what the point is. So what I think the point of that is, is that they, Shem and, and Japheth, honored their father, and Ham dishonored him. And right. so I don't know. I mean, like, look, I, 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 here, here, here's, here's what I think. No matter what, Henry, it's difficult because, like, it's not a sin. So if, 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 if your father gets drunk and stupid and passes out naked and you see it that's not a sin dude agreed that's not a sin but so so like the what dishonoring so, right you mentioned the dishonoring right right but, but so like the dishonoring is wrapped up in this and that's what's difficult right and, and, and that's why the most plain translation unfortunately may not be the best one either so here, here's here was my like I said I this is all new information to me which is why I love that we're doing this okay mm -hmm. This is new information for me. I wanted to, I thought about this as well, okay? Like, you have this guy, Ham, who, like, let's just take this as literally as possible, which is how I took it, okay? Let's okay. just say this interpretation is extremely literal. Okay. Ham sees his uncovered father, his naked mm -hmm. father, in this tent. And then he goes and he tells his two brothers outside, 
almost making fun of his father, right? Sure. Like, that's hey, definitely... look, at, look at how dumb our dad looks right now. Right. Yes. He dishonored him. Yeah. Look how big of a fool this guy is. You know, look yeah. how foolish he looks right now. To me, could that have been, you know, could that have been, if we take this as literal as possible, could that have been Ham's first time dishonoring his father in that way? It's possible, but typically people's actions, there's a pattern to them, right? And to me, this might have been like the, the straw that broke the camel's back. You know what I mean? Oh, so he was already had a little, little, little rebellion in him or something like that. Absolutely. You know? No. I mean, if we're taking this literal, if, if Ham made this one single mistake, if we're taking this literal, right? We're taking this very literal. Ham made this one mistake and he was joking around with his brothers. Hey, look at our dad. You know, he looks, look how funny he looks. If it was just that one time, is that, is that enough for Noah to want to curse his son over? You know what I mean? Ham's son over that? You know, like that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty, it seems like the, the offense doesn't match the punishment. Right. Yeah, I mean, the action doesn't match the punishment. The crime doesn't match the punishment. Yeah. And so to me, I, I just suspect that this might have been like a, a straw that broke the camel's back type situation if you're taking this literal. It depends how, and it also depends on how Ham's, you know, Ham could have been absolutely r ruthless to his father in this situation as well. Right. So... Any which way, right? Yeah. Noah was very unhappy after this. You know what I mean? Yep. Whichever interpretation we're gonna we're gonna take here. And when Noah awoke, he knew that his youngest son Ham had done to him what his youngest son Ham had done to him. So he said, "Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, he shall be to his brother, a servant of servants." He doesn't even get to be a servant. He has to be the servant of the servants. Yeah. Which is a pretty lowly um, position. Yeah. He shall be to his brothers. Now, the other thing that I find very interesting here is Noah goes after Canaan and not Ham per se. Right? So Canaan is the, is the receiver of this curse. That's pretty yeah. tough, you know. And yeah, I think in the ancient culture, your, your your lineage was everything. Right. And so it's, I mean, cursing Ham wouldn't be enough. That wouldn't be right. as, enough punishment. Let's see what Dr. C has to say about this. Okay. This pericope presents the characteristics of the three branches of the human family that grew out of Noah. Moses stressed the themes of blessing and cursing. God cursed Canaan. With slavery, let Canaan be his brother's servants, or his uncle's servants, really, because Ham showed disrespect toward Noah, whereas the Lord blessed. So here, Dr. Constable is saying the Lord blessed them, you know. Evidently, Noah became so drunk that he took off all his clothes and then passed out naked, uncovered in his tent. There's no explicit indication that Ham disrobed his father, or committed some sec homosexual acts. 
There's no explicit indication that Ham disrobed his father or committed some homosexual act. However, because of the expression to see one's nakedness is sometimes used of sexual intercourse, it's possible that some form of sexual immorality was involved. One writer argued that Ham's sin was that he failed to cover his father's nakedness. I think that probably some sexual sin was committed. Who knows? It's hard to say. Let's keep this ball rolling. I think we're just at the wrap-up point. We are getting really close. So we're talking about cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants. He shall be to his brothers. So basically Noah gives a curse and a blessing. Yep. In this section. Yep. So he curses Ham. But no, he, he curses Canaan. Um, yeah. The, the son of Ham. Yeah. You're right. He curses Canaan. So I guess I kind of see that as cursing the the son Ham though as well. Because the reason I said it too though, because in the next one he blesses the other two sons. That's right. So so oh. Noah curses his grandson. Right. But then blesses his sons. Shem, the other two. Yep. And Jacob. Shem. And I've said this before, but Shem is the one uh, who in the, in the line of Christ. So. Got it. Shem is in the line of Christ. Yep. So, Canaan, unfortunately, drew the short straw um, yep. in terms of fathers. You don't <laughs> yeah. choose who your fathers are. You don't choose who your fathers are, though. So, he was really given the short straw. He wasn't even... He didn't even draw the short straw. And... Game is hard. You know, one more thing before we wrap this up. We see Noah living for another 350 years after the flood. 350. If we recall, Noah was 600 years old whenever the rain started to fall. So you add 350 to that, and guess what do you get? So all the days of Noah were 950 years old. And then he died after Noah and after what we see in all of this, we start to see a decline in the age of the people following this. Yep. So, and this goes back to, well, why, why did the age, why did their age start to decline? There's a number of different hypotheses out there about this, hypotheses about this, <laughs> Hypos hypothesi about this. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right to me. Yeah, something in there. Some, so, you know, some of those being, right, now this canopy of water has, this canopy layer of water in the atmosphere has come down and has remained down, and now raining, rain's going to happen on a regular basis. The, <laughs> then, uh, now that that's going to happen on a regular basis, we have... People's yeah, I ages, think, right? That's like a protective barrier to keep them young. Yeah, protective barrier. So it's like this extra filter or barrier from the sun, right? That reduced the aging properties. So that's that's right. a possibility. There's also this idea that there's less genetic diversity, and yep. so it's like if you some of these purebred purebred dogs, their lifespans are shorter because there's more defects kind of within the genetic code, and those defects can some some say that those defects can be worked out a little bit if you have a little more diversity in the genetic code. Um, yeah, and we see that because Adam and Eve would have had the perfect genetics, 
And so it was fine then, but then after the fall of man, and then you narrowed the genetics again. And then after, after that, they just didn't, we didn't live as long. Right. Well, I really enjoyed this study today. Obviously we went over a lot of stuff here and I learned a lot. A lot of interesting stuff going on in chapter nine of Genesis. Yeah. Definitely a lot of good stuff. It's all building up to some really, really cool stuff. Oh, Every yeah. Every chapter is cool, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Because uh, there's so much you can pull out of it. If you read it really quickly without a curious eye, you're not going to see all the intricacies of what's really happening here. So. And Henry definitely has a curious eye. That's true. One of them's curious. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited about the next few chapters here in Genesis. Show. Um, I was going to say bros have a brotastic bro day, but I don't want our female audience to get, you know, feel like they're not included. I was we thinking, can say dudes and dudettes. <laughs> I was thinking bros and brosephines. Yeah, I can roll with that. Or brosifs and brosifines. Yeah. Or I was also thinking like Brobraham and Brera. Brera. <laughs> Brera. I like all those. <laughs> Brothers and sisters. Bradham and Breve. Yeah. Bradham and Breves. Love it. I was thinking about this today and I was like, all those sound terrible. We need something. <laughs> Brozekiel. Let's put them all in there. <laughs> Yeah, Broseph and Brary, that would be like Joseph and Mary's, right? Oh, that's biblical. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. None of these sound that great, but everybody, thank you so much for being a part of this. And if you want to get the next video, like and subscribe and that little notification bell. <laughs> Go ahead and hit that up while you're at it. You've already done two things. Might as well just do the third. Hit that on. Hit that <laughs> notification bell on so that you get all the notifications. If you're going to be reading this Biblioteca with us, then we want to make sure you don't miss an episode. Biblia. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to doing this in a group setting with all the mm. bros and brosephines. Yes. Okay. I want everybody in the mix here. Show. Doing this with just Justin, it's fun. <laughs> but, you know, it's not as fun as if we get a big, big, big group. I, I agree. Let's get a group together. Save Let's do them. it. So have a protastic bro day and bro you later. See us.